0: 18 plus. 18
1: plus. Right, welcome into the amazing Broom podcast here on a Monday morning, recording a little bit later than we usually do due to some technical difficulties on my end uh, from last night. But uh, I am Anthony Broom, uh, making a little bit of a change to the podcast schedule. We kind of have an open slot on Mondays right now. And I figured heading into the bye week, it might not be such a bad idea to sort of Take a step back, decompress. We've had a couple days to kind of soak in what we all saw on Saturday. This football team has real issues. And instead of going to social media with the hot takery, sometimes it's just best to put the phone down, take a step back, take stock of what some of the issues are, and rank it and see how they come back from there. So by the time you hear this, uh, there should be a piece posted on mazenbrew.com that I wrote That kind of ranks some of the issues that we've seen from Michigan football in these first two games of the year, and sort of what's the likelihood that they get addressed, and what are the disturbing trends? Because like I said in that first week, to me, a lot of the things that we've seen do not become a concern until they become a trend. So that's kind of where we're at right now as we head into really what is a much, much needed bye week. So here we go. We're going to start off here, just kind of set the table before we get into the ranking here. Para wins on the season, 40-21 over Middle Tennessee State in the opener, 24-21 over Army in double overtime on Saturday. Unblemished so far, uh, they have made some mistakes that will lose you football games, but they have been able to get wins in both of their contests so far to start the year. And people haven't been all that impressed with it, and I think that that's for very good reason that you shouldn't be impressed you shouldn't be satisfied i certainly don't think they are i I wouldn't put a lot of stock into you know jim harbaugh's comments after the game he's not the type of guy that's gonna bash anyone publicly throw anyone under the bus single out any players uh he's not that type of coach Um, behind closed doors who's to say but at least publicly he's not gonna go and say you know josh gaddis could have called a a better game shea could have had a better read here or there like that's not the type of guy that he is so um, that's what we're here for so like I said a win is a win not all wins are created equal and some of the issues they have are kind of understandable we figured there would be some newness with the new offense coming in we figured that there would be you know some youth on the defensive side of the ball that needed time to get up to speed Uh, like I said the good news for them there's a bye week here. Uh, you really have a lot of growing up to do in this, this week of practice heading into game prep for Wisconsin next week. Wisconsin also has a bye week uh, in week three so both teams will kind of kind of have a chance to reset and come down a little bit. Uh, Wisconsin is a team that has scored 110 points and not surrendered any points through their first two games of the year so um, do they come back down from that? Do they build off it? We'll see what happens there but Basically, when we look at the issues of this football team, I'm going to start with this ranking from what I see most concerning to what I believe is least concerning. So, let's get into it. Above all else, mental mistakes. That is why Middle Tennessee was closer than it should have been. That's why Army went took them to double overtime. Army's, Army's a very good football team, okay? They won... They've won 21 games over the last two years. They had the nation's second longest win streak. They're probably going to win 10 or 11 games again this year. So hats off to them to a certain respect for their effort as well. Mental mistakes are killing this team right now. And I don't know if it's lack of preparedness. Is it the coaching staff not having them ready to go? Is it just are they blips on the radar? Good football teams get maybe one or two of these performances a year. And we've seen two of them already with Michigan. So that's a little bit of a concern. I, I'm not, I don't know if this is a good football team yet. And I certainly, where we stand here today, can I pick them to beat Wisconsin? I can't. Can I pick them to go to Penn State and win? I can't. Can I pick them to win any of the three big games they have at home? I mean, you'd have to think they at least get one of those. But right now, I don't feel confident about that. And even you look at how Maryland's played and, and some of these other teams in the Big Ten have played. Other teams in the Big Ten are more ready to go than your Wolverines have been. And that should be concerning, and that falls on the coaching staff. I know there's a lot of newness there, but there's a lot of veteran players on this team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And we'll get to the offense here. But, you know, to me, they're very lucky. They, ha- they have five turnovers in their first two games, and they're extremely fortunate that they have corralled in five takeaways of their own to kind of offset that. They're very fortunate in that regard, and that kind of lends credence to the whole, you know, you can't just say, well, if they cleaned up this, look how different the game would be. Because of the multiverse and and different branches of reality, you can't make that direct correlation, but in a lot of ways, it, it feels like just the Army game, for example, if you take away one of those reckless turnovers, one that you could easily control, like the Shea Patterson one to start the game, Michigan probably wins in regulation, I won't say comfortably. You don't beat Army comfortably. But they probably win by two scores. 10, 14 points. I don't think that's that hot of a take. So slow starts. Self-inflicted wounds. uh, That's. It kind of. You think of Jim Harbaugh. You think of Michigan in general. Michigan's a program right now that can't stay out of its own way. And that's a problem. And I don't know how you fix that. But. To not be able to execute in really the most basic levels of football, ball security, holding on to punts, making kicks. That's a problem. And that's something that needs to be addressed. So like I said before, good teams, Ohio State, you don't see Ohio State have many performances like this. Very rarely do you see Alabama or Clemson come out and look like this. It's not good enough. In year five, it's not good enough. And I know that's kind of, that's an old bit, you know, in year blank, this isn't good enough. But in year five, no, no, that's not, this is not acceptable. And you can be happy with a win and make no mistake about it. We are happy with a win. But you can be happy that you escaped with a win and still be critical of a program. You can have it both ways. You don't have to, there is, you don't have to have the blind loyalty or carry water or things like that. So we've seen the damage here that these slow starts can cause, especially in some of these big games. You think of that Ohio State game last year. You think of you know a couple years ago at Penn State. Go out and reverse those narratives, or else nothing's going to change. You'll be 9-3, and 10-2 every year, but you'll never play for anything that matters. Go out there and fix it. Get out of your own way. It's not as simple as that, but in a lot of ways it feels that way. Have a good week of practice. Come out on fire maybe maybe blow out a team a little bit early on. It's getting pretty damn tiresome for this team to be the hammer and not the or the nail and not the hammer. Go out there and punch someone in the mouth. It's not good enough to only do that against the Rutgers and Minnesotas of the world. It's not. And people get, you know, people get all fired up with, oh, look, you know, Jim's running up the score on Rutgers. Cool. Whatever. Come ready to play against teams that have a pulse and we'll talk. So that's kind of where I stand there. biggest mis- Biggest issue right now are the mental mistakes, the self-inflicted wounds. When I look at some of the on-field stuff, we're going to the offense now because the offense has been the biggest concern. And I think people might be surprised to, to know that I don't see the quarterbacking as the biggest issue this team has right now. I have three in here that I think quarterbacking is definitely in there and kind of sandwiched between the one that I'm about to talk about and the one that comes next. But it's not the biggest one. The biggest one to me the offensive line has been underwhelming. And I know John Ronnie Jr. has been out. You've had a pair of of redshirt freshmen playing at the tackle spots. Yeah, I expect some struggles are going to come from there as those guys settle into their roles moving forward. And I think they'll be fine. But on the interior, you have three all Big Ten guys. Ben Bredesen at left guard, way too many pre-snap penalties. He's just been okay. Cesar Ruiz and Mike Onwenu; those guys simply need to be better. Period. You're getting no push at all. And for as frustrating as the, um, you know, some of the, the the dive plays out of the shotgun were, and, and running right into the teeth of defense. Yeah, maybe you need to adjust those play calls a little bit. But you are getting no push against teams that you should be getting a push against. And I know those guys have some more, there's different little responsibilities of how they're supposed to block in this new offense. But you have three all Big Ten caliber guys on the interior, and they're not playing well, well enough. And you have a fourth when Runyon comes back. So I know pass protection has been okay at times, pretty good at times. Not good enough in the run game. Like I said, too many breakdowns, not enough movement, pre snap penalties, just been sloppy. And the thing about this, while I do see this as one of their biggest issues right now, it's also the one I feel most confident that will get turned around because Ed Warner is, you know, the best, one of the two, three best offensive line coaches in college football. And they have talent there and reinforcements are on the way. But right now, those guys are not good enough. And the, pen, the the thing that frustrates me, the pre-snap panel, the pre-snap penalties from a guy like Ben Bredesen, that's a two-time team captain. You have to be better than that. And I'm sure they're telling him that too, and he knows that. Make no mistake about it, guys. These players are frustrated right now. Don't take Jim Harbaugh's comments as, you know, the team is totally okay with the where this thing is heading. Those guys want to get this figured out. Shea Patterson knows he has to take care of the football. Ben Bredesen knows the offensive line needs to be better. The wide receivers know they have to do a better job getting open. But it, it, it's frustrating. But like I said, offensive line, I think that one's the most likely to get worked out. So I'm going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back and talk quarterbacks, some of the other issues that I've seen, and kind of close out a Monday edition of the pod. So we'll be back here on the Amazing Brew podcast in just a moment. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps)
1: More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And we are back here on a Monday edition of the Maze & Brew podcast. I'm Anthony Broom, team site producer, uh, guy in charge over at the website. So, of course, thank you for joining me. We've been talking Michigan's biggest issues so far, how we would rank them coming out of the first two weeks of the year. And I'm going to move to number three now. Now, first two, we talked about the mental mistakes. We talked about the offensive line. This is the one that kind of social media has fixated itself about. But it's not the biggest issue. It's an issue. It's not the biggest one, and I think that's inconsistent quarterback play. For as underwhelming as the offensive line has been, you're not getting championship level quarterback play out of Shea Patterson, out of Dylan McCaffrey, mostly Shea Patterson. The ball security issues, slow reads in the option game, wrong reads in the option game. Uh, I know he's been was injured in the opener. Hasn't really looked like himself a whole lot. Not as much zip on the throws, but it just doesn't seem like he's mentally processing things quickly enough. You know, the sack, the sack uh, or the fumble that he had early in the game on Saturday. I believe there, there were the wide receivers were running some crossing routes over the middle of the field and guys were open, but Patterson saw it late. No, you're holding on to the ball too long. It's not happening quick enough, which I expect more from. Uh, I know it's a new offense, but you're a senior, and you've played a lot of football. You've got to be sharper than that, and you've got to hold on to the football. That's just to me. That's a lack of focus. I don't know. I don't know who that falls on. Does that fall on the quarterback? I'm not sure. I think the accuracy has been off. I think there but even i just go back to saturday there were probably four or five passes i can count off the top of my head where guys had to make a minor adjustment to the ball and that happens like a quarterback's not going to put the ball on the money every single time but a lot of the adjustments these guys have had to make are costing them yards and maybe big plays so when i look at things where things stand with the quarterbacks right now I don't see a legitimate quarterback battle developing or taking place. Even with the staff kind of making an effort to get Dylan McCaffrey into the mix. To me, that's always been more of a, we think McCaffrey is so good an athlete that we need to get him on the field as opposed to, you know, we think he's good enough to upend Shea Patterson. And I still think when you look at McCaffrey, he's not as gifted a passer yet. He could be but he's more of an athlete than he is a quarterback right now. But maybe Michigan needs that spark. Who's to say? I'll say this about those two guys, and Trevor and I talked about it over the weekend. If he or Joe Milton are capable at all of making a push to start at quarterback or to get more snaps, you'd better do it now with a bye week and some big games coming. And maybe the staff needs to to have them a little more ready to go. The last thing that you want to see is a situation like 2017, where I truly believe not having Brandon Peters ready earlier cost them a the the game against Michigan State. Maybe cost them a win somewhere else. That could have still been a 10-win football team in 2017. I'll go to my grave saying that. But the stubbornness or the um, the meritocracy of we'll give the most experienced guy the quarterback job, listen, Shea Patterson to me is still far and away the best quarterback this team has right now. And I think with, <clears throat> excuse me, with what he gives you, with what he gave you, I think you can win with what he gave you last year. He had one of the most efficient passing seasons in program history. Is he Baker Mayfield? No. Is he Kyler Murray? Hell no. But I think you can get winning quarterback play out of this guy. And I think you can get championship quarterback play out of this guy. But things have to be faster. Things need to move quicker. This is Shea Patterson's job to lose. But he can lose it. There is a scenario where he can lose it. Especially if he continues to have a loose grip of the football. So Patterson hasn't been very good. He hasn't been terrible either. I think he's just been okay. Uh, Okay is not good enough. Not for a team that needs to go out and win the Big Ten. Which is the expectation. And if they don't, this is, I'm sorry, new offense or not, this year is pass-fail. Did you win the Big Ten? Did you not? Did you beat Ohio State? Did you not? There's no nuance here. Because if they don't do either of those things, it will start to get ugly with this fan base. Dare I say borderline toxic. Because they just barely beat Army, and we're already heading in that direction. So again, go out, get better, take care of your business. Don't be satisfied. I'm going to move on to number four here, which is, excuse me, uh, won't spend as much time as these other three because I think there's a pretty pretty decent drop-off after the top three I named and, and these bottom three here. Number four for me is the interior of the defensive line. Uh, we saw defensive line depth as sort of a strength of this team coming into the year, but the interior of that unit, again, we talked about the interior on both sides of the ball, underwhelming for the first two games of the year. I know that Donovan Jeter and Michael Dwemfor have been hurt. They've had to rely on Ben Mason, who is a converted fullback. And even not as much as that on Saturday because they were running a sort of a three-down 4 a 3 down lineman front with Carlo Kemp at the nose. But even Kemp has just been okay. Not great. Washed out a lot of times. Haven't really noticed him on the field. It's good to not notice offensive linemen because that means they're doing their job. When you don't notice a defensive lineman, it kind of means they're not making much of an impact. Not disrupting much. So I think things have been pretty weak there so far on the interior. Um, nobody's really emerged as someone who can be disruptive consistently on the inside. And Carlo Kemp has had some moments, especially down the stretch uh, in that game against Army. But this bye week to me is going to be huge to fix a lot of those mistakes. And I, I also think, like we talked about with the quarterbacks, if there's a chance for a pair of freshmen and Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith to maybe start really making a legitimate push for playing time. The time for them is now. Coaches have kind of said when they do the things that are expected of them. Those guys are going to play. I think we need to we need to see more Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith. But they need to see more of them in practice first. Got to hold up your end of the bargain. And that's the thing people in general... You talk about, oh, bench uh, Patterson for McCaffrey, do this, bench him, bench this, bench that. They're going to make those decisions based on what happens in practice. And if guys aren't, the guys that are performing in practice are the guys that you see on the field on Saturday. Period. I don't know where this bit that, uh, you, you can't just throw guys out there with blind faith that, oh, well, you know, some guys just don't practice well. Got to get him in the game and see what happens. Okay, yeah, to a certain extent, sure. Some guys are just game players instead of practice guys. But you have to show something in practice. So Chris Hinton, Mozzie Smith, I'd like to see more of them moving forward. Number five. This is back to the offense now. Wide receivers have struggled to separate and get open. So we talk about speed and space. We've seen some speed, we've seen a little bit of space, haven't seen a ton of either. Some of the passing game struggles, to me, stem from the wide receivers having problems getting open down the field. Which is kind of concer- concerning again, given who those two first two opponents are, or have been. Tariq Black, Nico Collins, to me, far and away right now, the two best wide receivers on the team, pending Donovan Peoples-Jones returning. Because he might have the highest ceiling of the three. He's not better than Nico Collins. But I think he could be. In time. Those guys don't have the targets to show for it right now, though. And part of that's on the quarterback, because those guys have been open. But not consistently enough. And again, I think this is one that I would expect to get sorted out to. Especially when DPJ returns. He's got to just too good for it not to develop or get better. Ball's got to come out a lot quick, a lot more quickly. I thought Ronnie Bell, you know, he's the stat line from Saturday is is solid, but I think a little bit misleading. I think he could be better as well, especially if, after an offseason's worth of height. The quick slants, the RPOs, like that stuff is working, but they're not doing it consistently enough, and maybe that's to keep the defense honest. I don't know. I think those guys will be fine. So number six is kind of one that almost to me isn't even really a concern, but because it's been, again, sort of a trend through the first two weeks of the year, um, I have to put it on the list, but it's the one I'm least concerned about, and that's the special teams. Special teams play to me has largely been pretty clean. You could make the argument that Will Hart is the nation's best punter, and Michigan eventually will settle on a kicker. Like it's, they're not going to do the rotation of Jake Moody and Quinn Nordine, um, but I do feel like Moody is the leader there. Everyone kind of ragged on Nordine again for missing a field goal, but it was from it was from quite a bit out. But he's got a big leg, and you got to make those kick those kicks. We've seen him make those kicks before. Not worried about punters and kickers. That'll be fine. Muff punts can't happen, and I don't think that. It will be a huge concern once Peoples-Jones is back. Because that's kind of his job. But we've seen it a couple weeks in a row now. LaVert Hill had a big muff punt in that first game of the year. Ronnie Bell had one on Saturday. Those change the trajectory and outlook of games. And lose football games. Again, I feel like this concern is kind of tacked on because... You've had guys in roles that we haven't seen them in. But again, I, I think that this is the this one is the most easily fixable because you're going to settle on a kicker and you're going to get Peoples-Jones back. So that's kind of where I see this team at right now with all the concerns that they have and, and the things that need to be cleaned up. I don't think all is lost. I think their most real concerns at the top, and I'll just run back through it real quick, My number one concern for the team, self-inflicted wounds, mistakes, above all else. My number two, underwhelming offensive line play. Number three is inconsistent quarterbacking. Number four is that interior of the defensive line. Number five is the wide receiver struggling to get open. And number six is the tacked on special teams. I think you can fix special teams. I think you can fix the wide receivers not getting open. Josh Gattis is a wide receivers guy. I think they'll be fine there. I'm not sure how you fix the interior of the defensive line. Um, I just don't know the current the ceiling of the current group they have. I don't know how high it is. It depends on if those freshmen get in the mix or not. That might be the one where I feel least confident about them fixing Quarterback play, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. That's the one I, I by far am the most iffy about. I don't know if that gets fixed or not. I'll say it should be a lot better with the off, if the offensive line cleans it up, which I expect them to. So those two are kind of tied in. This team is talented, and there are... The only thing that can hold them back is themselves. Self-inflicted wounds, boneheaded mistakes by the coaching staff. Those guys are not off the hook. This is a good football team. Has the potential to be a good football team. Has the potential to be a great football team. But I'll be honest, I haven't seen anything, anything through two weeks that suggests this has a chance to be a special football team. And they might lose against Wisconsin. If they do, all is not lost. You could still go out and win the Big Ten. Honestly, this team might need a loss to get its you-know-what together. But this is not a playoff team. This is not a team that can beat Ohio State right now. It's a team that will struggle when they play Michigan State as currently constructed. It's a team that might lose when they go to Madison and happy Valley as constructed. It's gotta be better. This is not acceptable. Two and O is great, but two and O in non-conference is with issues like this to me is window dressing because you should have lost on Saturday. And that's not me being negative. That's, that's calling it what it is. So I think this is a good place to end on that. Uh, This basically a written version of what you just heard will be up on the website uh, sometime on Monday, late morning, early afternoon. But I felt like it was worth going to audio for it. So again, I want to thank you guys for your time. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze Brew. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, Find us on Instagram. Maze Brew Podcast, wherever you get your shows. Look us up. Apple. iTunes. Apple is iTunes. Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Subscribe, leave a review, give us a rate, tweet at me, tell me what you thought of the show. You'll hear from me again tomorrow. We'll be back with a new episode of Brewcast. And then it's going to be an interesting week here, uh, especially with the bye week. This Friday's interview show, it will be fascinating to me because... I will be speaking to one of the most, the more polarizing recent figures, uh, in sort of the Michigan football, excuse me, sphere of things. So stick around, uh, give us give us a shot. We'll be back. You know, we do our podcast every day, so we hope to see you back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No post game show this week, but again, I'm Anthony Broom. It's been a Monday edition of the podcast, and we'll talk to you again next time.